Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Los Angeles friendos, join Going In Raw as we go live on stage with Wrestling With Regrets' Brian Zane September 24th at the Nerdist Showroom in L.A. The link to tickets is in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, Brando, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw View, the show here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, where we review old wrestling shows. Uh, this week, we've got the debut of the Ruthless Aggression Era. Yeah. Whoa. In 2000, June 24th, 2002 episode of uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, this was post-brand split, right after the brand split, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, it was uh, April 2002. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this was literally just a couple months later. And it was kind of interesting because it was obviously the Attitude Era that was, was pretty much dead. Yeah, also uh, another thing that happened right before this was the uh, WWF mm, lost yeah. the lawsuit. That's right. Um, uh, filed by the World Wildlife Fund, so they had to change their name to World mm-hmm. Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. And so if you watch the show, a lot of the people around the ring have the Get the F Out shirts. And they had, there was a commercial, there was a spot during yep. it, like a really cheesy spot that was like Get the F Out. So they're in the middle of that. Um, this year, I, I was looking it up, so it, it seemed kind of obvious that Vince understood that he had, you know, a ratings boom with the Attitude Era, you know, three years prior is when he was able to put WCW out of business. And Vince was still obviously very high on that, too. Because um, he mentions that during his opening promo, where he talked yeah. about this new ruthless aggression era. Um, and but 2002, you know, with with basically no Stone Cold, I think The Rock was a was a part timer as well. Yeah, and they mentioned during this show that Triple H was uh, having elbow surgery. Okay, so yeah, he's out of action as well. So it's funny that it was nothing. The WWF was was just depth. There wasn't a lot of of main event. I mean, you know, you, you had The Undertaker, you had... Um, well, on Raw, you had Undertaker, you had Booker T, mm-hmm. you had Brock, who they were bringing up really quickly to the main event level. Yeah. On SmackDown, you had Angle, mm-hmm. you had... You had uh, Benoit. Benoit, you had Hogan over there. Yeah. Edge. But their two big mainstays, Rock and Stone Cold, were pretty much, 
not around, mm-hmm. you know? And then, uh, and so you had this weird mix of like former WCW, uh, former ECW guys. There didn't seem to be like a real coherent like vision of things. When was the uh, Heyman was lead writer on SmackDown? 2003, I believe. I think was it 2003, 2001? Because I, I think it was a really short period of time. Yeah, I think it was early 2003. Was it? Yeah, I thought so. Okay, I thought we looked at it before. Oh. <clears throat> um. But anyways, I really wished I had yeah. uh, uh, counted the number of times that uh, Vince said um, ruthless aggression during his opening promo to start this show. So that's how he that that's so that's how the, the show opened with, with number one. I really loved the opening theme song. Yeah, let's get it on that one. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, good. everything was new metal back then. Pretty much, it was all new metal. Um, they were still in the thick of that. Uh, but I, I like the theme song. So yeah, it was cool. good. So yeah, the, the 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 roster, the raw roster, or part minus, of it at least. Yeah, minus the big names, uh, were all lining. The, they're all standing around on the ring apron, mm-hmm. and uh, Vince goes inside and he starts talking about the, this, the 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 reason why I was able to take over everything. Why I was able to why he was able to be a success. Yeah, was because of ruthless aggression. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and he said that. A lot. Yeah. He said that many, many times. Um, to answer your previous question, Heyman was the lead writer of SmackDown July 2002 to February 2003. Oh, it was? Okay. That's weird. So okay. right after this, he started okay. writing SmackDown. All right. All right. That makes sense. Pretty much. Okay. Um, Wait, why did Benoit show up on, on Raw then? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know at all. All right. Um, yeah, Vince walks. He's in the ring. He's get, dropping this promo um, talking about ruthless aggression. Ad nauseum. Yeah, he goes he said, to everybody around the ring who's, who's standing on the apron and ch- mm-hmm. is challenging them, saying, who is going to grab what they want? Who's yeah. going to become the next huge star yeah. by using ruthless aggression? And he says it over and over again. And, and, and in fact, it bled over to when Cena debuted three days later. Yeah. Because Angle said, "What you know? what's your deal? What do you have that makes you think you can come out here and challenge me? And he said, ruthless aggression. And during the main event of this Raw, Brock Lesnar said ruthless aggression several times. Yeah, they so always, yeah. It seemed like with uh, the World Wildlife Fund lawsuit, them coming on, the losing end of that, um, kind of the, the top of the card changing with mm-hmm. new talent, they just probably saw this is an opportunity. Hey, we have to rebrand yeah. the company. Let's just do a full uh, rebrand across the board. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, when you see your cash cow kind of on the wane. You need to do something to give it a kick in the pants. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw with the ratings. I mentioned that with the ratings, like they were just, they were starting to sink off pretty low. I mean, I've seen that, you know, Dave Meltzer referring to that before on Twitter, um, talking about how, yeah, when, once Stone Cold went heel, you know, things oh, tanked hard, really yeah. went south quick. Um, so, you know, but the bottom line is Stone Cold, regardless if he went heel or not, he was not going to be wrestling for very much longer, no. you know? And uh, and they had a lot of great talent. It's just nobody were the, nobody was the anchor that a Stone Cold or Rock was. Um, and so it was you know he was doing what Vince was doing what he could do uh, to to con- you know to try to you know keep his company uh, or at least you know have some semblance of where it was two years earlier. Mm-hmm. But that's a difficult thing to do because yeah. they were right. No competition. High. Yeah, ex- and there's no competition. So Vince drops that promo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the NWO come out, mm-hmm. led by Shawn Michaels. 
This was the a recently returning, re- recently returned Shawn Michaels. It was it so was it was HBK. It was Nash. It was Big Show and X Pac. Yeah. That was the NWO. It was complete. This was the final version. This was NWO final version, right? This is like there was nothing after this. Booker T joined after this, right? Did he join after or before? And they kicked him out. I think they kicked him out before this. That's why he was upset with the oh, NWO. Yeah, I think be. that's why he had a problem with them. That makes sense. Um, but anyways, yeah, they're in there. And, uh, and uh, speaking of that, uh, so the NWO comes out. And uh, I like when Vince uh, starts calling out the NWO. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was about two weeks before this. Because uh, Booker T wanted a piece of the NWO because of what happened. And, that uh, makes more sense. And Vince said, well, you know what, Booker? You're not going to take on, I tell you who you're not going to take on in the NWO. It's not going to be Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels, he built his whole career on ruthless aggression. He, he's an icon. Yeah. Was Michael, Michaels wasn't wrestling at this point, was he? Oh, I thought he was back to wrestling. Was he back to wrestling? I, I think he was so, back yeah. to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And then he says, you're not going to wrestle Kevin Nash because he's hurt. What a yeah. surprise. Yeah, and he says, but when you come back, Kevin Nash, if you don't bring it, you're going to find yourself in the unemployment line like your old buddy Scott Hall. So uh, Kevin Nash proceeded to flip him the bird. He did this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, instead, Booker T and his uh, tag team partner, Golda. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Would, take on, would take on X-Pac and Big Show. There's this great bit where Booker T grabs the mic from Vince. And then Goldust grabs the mic from Booker T. Yeah. And then Booker T grabs the mic again. And then Vince grabs it from Booker. And then Booker grabs it again from Vince. So when Goldust gets the mic, he starts saying, he said, you guys think you're so close? Nobody's closer than me and Booker T. We're best friends. We're practically married. And, of course, that, you know, sets off Booker T. He's like, just you need to calm down there. Yeah. But they made a great team. Yeah, they did. They made such a great pair. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And you have to, yeah, dude, you have to think that Vince... Vince had to really, I and mean, we, we've always heard that Vince really wanted Booker T in the WWE or WWF, whatever. And so you could tell that he was really tickled by Booker mm-hmm. T to let somebody in there, in character, of course, grab the mic from Vince. And, of course, his character responds the way he should. Yeah, yeah. But still, the fact that he would let Booker T snatch the, the mic from him. And Booker T was fantastic. He was gold. He, he was, was gold. So and the other, it's funny, the other standout character... That you could tell the crowd would respond to every time the camera would go to him, or he would be mentioned was RVD. Mm-hmm. Crowd like he was the he was the Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. It was RVD. The and crowd was, he was still four him. years removed from winning the uh, world title. Mm-hmm. It's insane that it took yeah. him that long to put the world title on. So, anyways, the uh, the ring action kicked off with a tag match featuring Bradshaw and Spike Dudley taking on Chris Nowinski and William Regal. Yeah. Um, at this time, William Regal was European champion. Mm-hmm. Bradshaw was hardcore champion. Um, the APA had been split up by the brand extension. Mm-hmm. Farouk was on SmackDown. Um, decent match. Um, Regal uh, uh, ate a clothesline from hell, but Nowinski took that opportunity to roll up Bradshaw from, from behind for the win. Let me ask you something. What do you think Nowinski's ceiling was? Tall guy. Good shape. Smart as can be. Yeah. Good looking dude. Yeah. Another five years if he had stuck around. I don't know. I, I forget how long he actually stuck around. I don't think very long. He I don't think it was very long. And I think he he quit pretty soon yeah. after that. Um, I mean, and kudos for him. He had a pretty great career, like, you know, with the CTE Yeah, thing. he's still doing that. Yeah, he's still doing that. And uh, and he's, like, kind of at the forefront of, of the whole thing. Yeah, he's up there. Um, But it makes me wonder if he never, you know, <laughs> if he never wanted to do good work. <laughs> if he wanted to stay a wrestler. 
I always, I always really liked him. Yeah. I remember because I was still kind of watching at the time, and I, I really liked him, and I thought that he could have gone a long way. Yeah, he probably could have. Yeah. They were really pushing the uh, the Harvard thing. Yeah, yeah. They, the they, showed his, they showed his yearbook. WWE superstar to graduate from Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, Vince and Sergeant Slaughter were backstage, and then uh, Vince says, tonight we're going to have a match between Raven and Tommy Joomer. They had some sort of feud, as he put it, in ECW. <sighs> But tonight they had some sort of feud. He, he kind of poo-pooed their feud. Oh you. my gosh, did he? Eighteen-month-long epic feud that was like the cornerstone of ECW, and then they're boiled down to a loser leaves Raw match. I know, and it's like they're begging for scraps. That's I what know, it felt like. This was like a six-minute match. I know, um, and uh, I think it was on commentary during the match. The the story centered on at least for commentary, Raven's bad hair. Yeah, and the fact that uh, Which it was, I mean. Tommy Dreamer was pretty much disgusting. He would just puke everywhere. Yeah, he would puke up hair. That was his gimmick. So, anyways, Vince set up that match: Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. Loser leaves Raw. Mm-hmm. In walks Jackie mm-hmm. um, in a trench coat. Oh god! And it's lecherous Vince. It's yeah. I don't know why he felt that with a ruthless aggression area, he could just keep on doing this. Like it was so. I. I don't know why you ever thought this was like ratings material. Well, it's not. You know? Soft pudding is what it is. <laughs> it's it's like literally just the most most like wannabe porno-ish thing. I know. It's so gross. And, it's and not- every time a segment like this pops up on a WWE show, it's like, I just think to myself, I feel so bad. Yeah. For the women involved in this. Ja- Jackie was young. I know. She was like 21, 22, yeah, something like that. I feel that. so bad for him that they yeah. have to do that crap. Yeah. So anyways, uh, The Undertaker comes in, no. and he pretty much points to Vince as like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's, it's, not, it's not, what are you doing? It's, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, even he was off-put by it. Like, come on, man, this is gross. Anyways. Um, so they talk about... That, uh, that segment with Jackie lasted forever. It felt like it, yeah. It just went on and on. And the Undertaker wanted, a, wanted a, a piece of Jeff Hardy. Yeah, man, Jeff Hardy keeps on getting into business. So that happened later. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we had Bubba Ray Dudley versus uh, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie was, uh, he was really, dude, Eddie was like, talk about reaching for that brass ring, like in terms of his promo. Because was this, we got, didn't we get like an Eddie promo? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bubba Ray comes out, sets up a table, mm-hmm. and then backstage, yeah, Terry Reynolds uh, interviewed Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And he was super intense. Was fire, fire. Yeah, that giant wire, like, axial cable of a vein. Yeah. He was, he was like, <laughs> throwing around serious weight, I'd imagine, yeah. trying to get to that main event scene. And, uh, and, but he was showing it, man. I mean, Eddie was, he was hot, and it's not a surprise at all that Paul Heyman was able to take Oh, him. I know. And make him to, to a true main event. I know. He was still good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a decent match. It was pretty short, though. It was actually really yeah. short. Yeah. Um, the finish saw Eddie reverse uh, Bubba Bomb into a roll-up. Yeah. So he picked up the win, and then Eddie attacks Bubba after the match. Ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. They make the way to the outside, and Bubba ends up powerbombing Eddie through the table he set up earlier. And then Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be on SmackDown. And just, I think, either injured or just about to come back from an injury. Oh, then that would explain. I guess maybe he was returning from injury and so just went to the brand he wanted to go to. <laughs> so he put be. Bubba on the crossface. Yeah. And that's how that match ends. Mm-hmm. After that, we had this really great uh, Rey Mysterio package promoting his arrival. Yeah, it was rad. Right. It was all just like super quick cuts I of know. like him flying through the air. It was rad. It was really good. It was yeah. really well done. It was cool. And it just says, he's coming. Yeah. Yeah, how about this? Then say, he's coming. Get it? Well, 
Okay, Vince. Okay, Vince. This whole part, this whole bit was great with gold dust as crocodile hunter. Gold dust was dolled up like the crocodile hunter. Rest in peace. Um, and he uh, was venturing into the mysterious NWO locker room, yeah, where he found Big Show sleeping. And so he started doing a thing about the Big Show and how how smelly he was. Yeah. And look at how big he was. And then X Pac walks in and says, "What are you doing here, Whoa, man?" Hold on. X Pac walked in from the bathroom. You hear a flush. Yeah. Was X Pac dropping a, a number two? Uh, do, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Probably. Is he making poop. Yeah, I imagine so. Probably. Yeah. So he comes in and just it's says, "Pre poop." Hey, what are you doing here? Poop. Yeah. And uh, Goldust says he's like a grease rat. Yeah. He doesn't even acknowledge Xbox. He just looks at the camera and says, oh, look what we have here. It's a grease rat. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> so the chase is on. Goldust runs away as X-Pac, you know, g- goes on the pursuit. Chase after him. Yeah, we cut mm-hmm. to the Hardys backstage. Um, mumbling to each other. Mumbly Jeff Hardy. Because they're too cool for school. That's the thing. Like, they're so cool that they're, like, not in, like, super loud promo mode or anything. They're just like, hey, man, we're going to go. Start yeah. None of that. None of, no, none of that. None of that. Hey, man, be real good if you made this guy obsolete. It'd be wonderful. That's my my Matt Hardy. Apparently, is Jim Williams from delete. delete. Hey, we should be delete. uh, we should, we're gonna be big yeah. superstars. Yeah, delete. Let's, hey, man, let's just do our solo thing, man. We're gonna yeah. be big stars. Well, first, I'm gonna take on the Undertaker. Oh man, that's a pretty tall task. Yeah, yeah he does have power well, of darkness. He is. Yeah. Hey, man, too extreme. I know. What was that about? <laughs> what is this stuff? Too, too, we're team extreme, man. That was weird. Where is Lita? Good question. Probably injured. Yeah, probably was hurt a lot back. So we're back to X Pac chasing after Gold Dust. Gold <laughs> Dust goes around a corner. He's really needed some yakety sacks. I know. X Pac follows, and then Booker T comes in through a doorway, hits X Pac, murders over him over the head with a garbage can lid. With a garbage fantastic. can lid. It was fantastic. Booker T cuts a promo on X Pac laying there unconscious. It was great. He does the sucker thing. How did X Pac not crack up? How did anybody. Stand there with Booker T and not just lose their crap. Because, my God, he was hilarious. And he kept the straight face the entire time. It was great. Yeah. It was so great. So good. Um, Next, we have Tommy Dreamer versus Raven. This match was bereft of anything resembling drama. <laughs> For a match involving someone leaving the show. Yeah. It literally just felt like the both, they were both going through the motions. You know what's great about this, though, is that, man, Raven really did... So, like, Raven, ended up, he, he lost this match. It was yeah. only, like, a six-minute match. It yeah, was really short. short match. It was really sad. Um, Raven mo- then moved over to Sunday Night Heat. So he left Raw and went to a show, which I thought was a clip show and a dark match show. Yeah, I didn't think there was a full uh, roster just for Sunday Night Heat. They, they were going to give him. I remember mentioning this on, Vince, on the Vince Russo podcast, podcast he uh, guested on. He was going to do a seven levels, seven circles of hell feud storyline thing with him and then I forget who else. And originally, I guess it was greenlit and then they decided to poo-poo it at the last minute. But imagine that. A guy gets knocked down to heat, wants to bring some creative juices to the show, which otherwise has nothing going for it. And yeah. they say, no, we don't want to do that. Lame. Come on. Come on. I think he tried to do it later on in like TNA or something. Um, anyways, next up we had Paul Heyman and, uh, was this the one where there was, uh, Lesnar's, uh, Shadow? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Paul yeah, Heyman cool. was talking to Lesnar's silhouette, which, is, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Lesnar was just still Lesnar. Like, talk about being, like, 
perfectly packaged the moment he stepped up. Oh, I know. Because he was in the WWE for such a short amount of time. I know. That's first, it, seems like, it seemed like he was there for a while. It was only two I, years. Dude, I thought it was like four or five years. No, it was a couple years. It was a couple years. That's insane. He was so well packaged and just immediately shot up to the top. Yep. Yeah, it was perfect. Next, Raven tries to leave the arena and then Matt Hardy attacks him. As a retaliation, as retaliation for handcuffing uh, Jeff Hardy <clears throat> to the ropes the previous week. Yeah, excuse me. Beats his butt. Apparently, you know, you know that. Uh, I heard this too that Vince, when Raven was brought back in. Oh yeah, I heard that. Vince was like, "Who hired Scotty Pollard?" Yeah, he didn't know. He didn't until know. He was watching in, in Gorilla <laughs> the show. <laughs> yeah, it's like when do we bring back Scotty Polo? How disheartening is that? That's terrible. Raven was great. In he was fantastic. And ECW, of course. Um, let's see here. After uh, that, we had uh, Brock Lesnar's coronation as King of the Ring. So back then, they did a thing where King of the Ring, the winner, uh, got... That was the only time I think this ever happened. What a bummer. I know. A tournament, a tournament for a main event shot at SummerSlam. Makes the most sense in the world. That's great. That's fantastic. Only did it once. Um, RVD interrupted the coronation, attacked Lesnar. RVD was supremely over. Oh, yes. It, next to I guess, maybe him and Booker T, one and yeah. two maybe. Yeah. Top two faces on Raw. RVD was so over. That main event was hot. Yeah, it was. The crowd was hot for yeah, that main was. event. Both the last two matches, the crowd was really into, and mm-hmm. they were both really good. Yeah. Yeah, still a lot of signs in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, anyways, at yeah. the end of this, uh, mm. oh, sorry, right after this, um, Lesnar and Heyman confront Vince backstage, yeah. and Heyman says, we don't want to wait till SummerSlam. We want a title match now, yeah. tonight. Give us RVD. Yeah. Vince agrees. He says, yeah, I'll do it. So, for the main event. RVD versus Brock for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker. Again, ruthless aggression. Um, Jeff uh, took a choke slam on the outside. This was basically just The Undertaker. Yeah. The Undertaker was just ragdolling Jeff Hardy. Pretty much for the good portion of this short match. And yeah. I forgot they actually had a, a, a single undisputed title belt. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's The Undertaker was carrying around. What did you think of that old title belt? Pretty generic, huh? Yeah, really it's generic. It's pretty generic. It was yeah. like, a, like an amalgam of the smoking skull belt, like the mm-hmm. shape of the belt. Yeah. With little hints of the, the eagle yeah. belt. Nothing really distinctive there about zero it. zero distinctive about it, yeah. It's kind of a bummer. So, yeah, Undertaker wins with a devastating last ride. Mm-hmm. Looks like Jeff Hardy's head bounced oh off the Oh, my God, I know. Yeah, that looked really So, bad. the Undertaker hops on his, his chopper, his motorcycle, mm-hmm. drives up the ramp mm-hmm. a bit. Jeff Hardy starts screaming at him. He says, I'm not done with you. Yeah. I want another match. You may have beat me. But I want another match. A ladder match next week. For the title, didn't he say? Yeah. So, yeah, I want to fight for the Well, title. something's going to be hanging over the ring if it's going to be a ladder match. Well, it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't really work that way, though. You just got your butt handed to you, and now you're, like, challenging for the title. Usually, they do the thing where if you can beat this guy, then you can challenge for the title. But uh, he goaded That's not the, the way it works in the Earthless Aggression era. He goaded, he goaded the Undertaker into it, so Undertaker said, yeah. He's like, yeah, sure. I have no idea what happened there. I assume the Undertaker won. Yeah, probably. Uh, next up, we had Trish Stratus and Linda Miles, who was the co-winner. Uh, tough Enough Season 2, they Yeah, said. Tough Enough Season 2 with Jackie Gata, I believe. Yeah. Right? Uh, they took on Molly Holly and Jackie Gata. Um, Why was it a story back then about Molly Holly having, uh, in their eyes, a, a fat butt? I don't know, man. I thought her butt was perfectly, perfectly fine. Good yeah, good butt. I don't know why that was a thing. Like, everybody, like, commentary, especially Lawler, yeah, I don't know. was making a point of talking about her rear end. I'm like, what's... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, why are... It seemed like they were fat-shaming her. Yeah, I know. It was weird, too. Like, they did that all, They did that with Mickey James also later. Um, like, much later. Yeah. 
or trying to fat shame her. I think maybe was Molly Holly still kind of doing the PTC thing? I don't remember. Wait, what was the right to censor RTC? Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. Okay, not based on it. That was uh, uh, Ivory. That was in oh, right okay. Molly um, Holly's uh, ring gear looked like the most comfortable thing, though. Well, it looked like something you'd wear, like just doing the garden. I know, doing your garden. Yeah, yeah. totally comfortable. Yeah, it did. Yeah, absolutely. And she was always really good in the ring. Yeah. Uh, in this case, though, Trish Stratus uh, pinned Molly Holly with satisfaction, which is bulldog. This is yeah, he bounced off springboard, the springboard bulldog. Is that one it is? Yeah. Next up, we had an RVD interview. It was short. Mm-hmm. It was interrupted by uh, Paul Heyman mm-hmm. and Brock Lesnar yeah. saying, we're going to have a match tonight and you're going to lose that title. Correct. Uh, next up, we had the uh, NWO and Hallway. Where they were just arguing. <laughs> well, yeah, at first, like, it was kind of mellow. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Nash out of nowhere said, you guys need to get this. Show me something. I know. Show me something. I know. Kevin yelling that over and over and over, over, and, over, and, over and over again. again. So, like, it was just out of nowhere. Like, he was mellow, and then he just started shouting. Shawn Michaels wearing that stupid cap of his. That ber- Was that a beret? No, it looked like a, those, uh, like a golf cap. It's like a Kangol hat, like the one <laughs> Sam Jackson wears. Yeah, exactly. I think it's how you pronounce the beret. It's not a beret. What's a beret, then? A beret is, is, is like, well, that, like the one Shawn Michaels wears. It's, it has a button on the front on yeah. the bill. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I don't think a beret has a bill on it. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you. Okay. I don't think. All right. I mean, they're called Kangol. It just, it did. K-A-N-G-O-L. It made him look so uncool. That's the thing about this. Well, version. back then that was cool, man. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Dude, that was not cool. I used to have one of those hats tucked in. Yeah, but you didn't wear it like that. And then his hair was like just shortish, and he looked so nerdy. It was like the nerdiest version of the NWO. And Nash, Nash really came off like he knew it was just so nerdy because oh, yeah. Scott All wasn't there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the the crowd didn't really seem to care about the NWO at this point. It wasn't the NWO. Not and really. there, were, there was no threat there. There was no, no legitimacy there. No, not when Vince was, was praising Shawn Michaels at the beginning of the show. Yeah. No threat. Exactly. They weren't disrupting anything. No, but the, the, the tag match involving X-Pac and Big Show versus Booker T and Goldust was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good match. The crowd was into it. Mm-hmm. Booker T was great. Is oh, great. Is great. Goldust had some good moments. Yeah. Um, oh, the dude. When Goldust did the Bronco Buster on yeah. X-Pac, I was and dying. Did, did the crotch chop. Did the crotch like, chop. X-Pac did. But he was just doing the most. Because the, the, the awesome thing about Goldust, one of the awesome things about Goldust, was how stiff and odd as a competitor he moved. Mm-hmm. And yet he's supposed to be this androgynous sexual being, which you just think is like a very like smooth mm-hmm. in rhythm thing, but he's so like stiff. He can't be. And so when he goes like his weird long legs are like he's like basically well, I felt like he was kinda like making fun of the move when he did it. I think this is how he did I think you're right, but also to watch him do it the way he does it, it was just hilarious. It was yeah. just so it was bizarre. Funny. It was funny. It's so bizarre. But, you, oh, I got a kick out of that. Setting up Big Show for the uh, the the nut kick in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the theatrics involved with that were great. Yeah. Booker T is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Big Show was able to get the... Uh, I guess uh, like a punch in on Goldust as he tried to go for the nut shot. That led to the... Uh, to grabbed the by the throat. Yeah. Um, back then... Big Show's choke slam was great. Mm-hmm. So he'd pick him up. Oh, dude, I was like... put his hand on, on the the guy's rear end and hold him up there for a while and then fall oh, yeah, him down. Yeah. It was fantastic. I, I started to, like, juxtapose this Big Show match with Big Show versus Braun when Braun was running at him and he gave the punch. Yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. right. He reached out and grabbed his throat. Yeah, knockout punch for Big Show didn't exist then. No, it did not. 
Um, fun match, and the crowd was super into it. Yeah, they were. Next up, we had uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh, the, uh, the the main event was Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. versus RVD. Crowd was hot for this. Crowd was hot for RVD, and they booked RVD so strong. It's kind of different because they didn't book Brock nearly as strong then, obviously, as but they do now. he was undefeated for a while. He was undefeated. I mean, he beat, like, both, I think, before this. Like, one of his first matches was he beat both the Hardy Boys in one yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. And so they still they booked him like a monster. But they booked RVD really strong. Yeah, they did. Really strong. Yeah, he, he put up a good fight against there was some There were some great bits here. Um, Heyman was all over this, too. Uh, Brock. Brock um, kept on yelling ruthless aggression. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, Brock got a hold of a chair, uh, and uh, RVD did the thing where he, you know. Oh, after the match, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was cool. That was cool. Um, the finish saw Heyman. Um, break up a pinfall where mm-hmm. RVD was, in theory, going to score a win over Lesnar. Yeah. Right. Um, so the ref Hebner DQ'd Brock. Yeah. Um, right after the bell, Brock attacks. That's when the chair comes into play. Lesnar, or sorry, Heyman puts the chair in the ring. Um, Brock picks up the chair. RVD, RVD hits him with a Van Terminator. Yeah. And then RVD hits a five-star frog splash on Heyman after punching him a couple times. Mm-hmm. Lesnar then comes to, grabs RVD, power bombs him, through the announce table. Dude, there, was two, there were two bits. There was one where it was, I think, RVD. I don't know. He did sort of some jumpy, jumpy move where he ended up like on Brock, like up high. Yeah. And Brock just threw yeah, him yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, dude, that, there was so much force that. And then this power bomb where it looked like the small of RVD's back. Hit the edge of the table, just yeah. Just got shattered. I, I mean, know. man, that looked rough. That looks so rough, but it looked great, and the crowd was huge for it. Yeah. The crowd was really in it, man. RVD was hot. It's so amazing that. I mean, he eventually did. It, it's so amazing to me that a guy like RVD really did get as far as he did in the WWE because he's not your typical WWE guy necessarily, you know? Not necessarily. Like, he was never a great promo guy, but the people all really dug him Because so he was much. spectacular in the ring. He, he just thinks so that no one good. else did. He and, did, exactly. And pretty much from the moment he showed up, after ECW was bought by WWE, he was one of the most popular guys yeah. in the company. He really Instantly. was. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't. I'm still surprised it took him four years after this to put the belt on him, mm. based on his popularity. Yeah, I mean, it ended up working out because it's the perfect show to do it. Oh, it was perfect. So yeah, that was so great. Things work out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that was the show. Uh, we're going to talk about next week. So we got kind of something special going on. Yeah. I know our good friend Othair at the bottom keeps on asking us about Armageddon 2006. Yeah, Othair, we will get to that. We will get to that. Sometime. However, we were uh, presented with an opportunity um, from the people over at St. Martin's Press. Uh, they've got the new Ric Flair, uh, Charlotte Flair book, Second Nature. They gave us, to give away, these aren't just for us, uh, two signed copies signed by Rick and Charlotte. There's um Charlotte. Yeah. So we figured we would incorporate this. Uh, we'd give these things away, uh, and we'd kind of incorporate it in our going in reviews. Because the book, uh, I'm, I haven't read, like, uh, I, I'm only, like, a couple pages into it because I haven't really had time. Um, but so far, it's a really fascinating read. Like, the very first thing we get with Ric Flair is him talking about um, uh, how it was revealed to him who his final opponent would be and how Vince presented him his retirement storyline and what how Rick felt about, you guys are retiring me? Okay, you know, that kind of thing. Because yeah. Vince is just going to retire people when he's fit, I guess. Um, and then how it was revealed that Shawn Michaels would be a, his opponent and then how his mind started racing through all that. So it is like, so far, it's a really fascinating read. I'm really anxious to get to the Charlotte stuff as well. Um, but we figure we do for two consecutive weeks. Um, we, would, uh, we would give one of these 
away week one, and then we'd give one of these away week two. And we figured, you know what? We're going to do an art contest. Yeah. We've we, done those before. Yeah, we've done them before. They're always a lot of fun. We get a lot of great answers from people who, you know, aren't even great artists. Yeah. You don't have to be a great artist. Just put your art skills to the test. Try to be clever. If you're not a good artist, try to be clever with it. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, your, your, your charge, your goal, mm-hmm. is just to draw your favorite Ric Flair in-ring moment. Give us your artistic interpretation of your favorite Ric Flair moment. Uh, some of our favorites will end up on the board, but we got to freshen up this board back we here. Do. So we're going to put some up there, and then our favorite one uh, from uh, we'll we'll get this copy right here. And then next week we're going to do Charlotte. Uh, will be you know show us your favorite Charlotte moment. Yes, and to give you guys all some inspiration mm-hmm. as far as quality Ric Flair moments, mm-hmm. here are three shows up for nomination. Correct for us to review next week. Yes, first. Chi-Town Rumble 89, the first of uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat's trilogy of matches. Classic trilogy. Classic. Yeah. Second, uh, uh, Raw, January 16th, 2006, Ric Flair versus Edge in a ladder match. Ooh, yeah. Good match. And uh, Charlotte is there in attendance. True. Yeah. And third, since we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. um, Ric Flair's retirement match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. Those are your three nominations. We will post... A thing on Patreon, you can vote. The $10 patrons and us yes. get to vote on this. And, uh, and next week we'll do the same for Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. So um, we now have the winners. we got we got to start doing this a different way where we can say, hey, these are the things. Now you can vote on them. And so people watching this can then go vote on them. So true. We're just going to go ahead and announce the winner now. Yeah. And, That's and, how we do yeah. it. And the winner is Raw January 16, 2006. Fine choice. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, let us know what you guys think about Ruthless Aggression Episode 1 in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.